The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Good morning, wherever you are in the world. It's Nicholas Barrett here. We're connecting live from Los Angeles, California, and it's exciting because literally it could be anywhere in 52 countries, even more that we're going out to. The great thing that unifies us through this is we're spending this moment together in togetherness. We've never been in this moment, but it's pregnant with potential because the potential is from this moment forward. It's unique because if, we're, if I'm blessed enough to speak to you next week on Wednesday, that'd be a totally different time. So our eternal is always a straight line, but our activity around that moves around. And I'm believing in the show to plant seeds that will elucidate minds. It will not change you immediately because change is not, a, not a, a, an event. It's a process, but it, it will trigger things in your mind that when you maybe listen back to the show, you'll be able to take little trinkets, little jewels and gems of wisdom that you can implement into your everyday. Just like a caterpillar takes time to masterpiece itself into a butterfly, I'm believing that's the same with all of us. God doesn't see us how we are now, but the potential he's put in us that can be realized, only realized by really our perceptions and our activity. It's already been done, but we have to increase our activity to get to the promised land, to get to a better place and to reach our perfection, reach our masterpiece. But before I get on with the title, it's an exciting title that I don't know if you've read about the uh, edit for the show, but I will read a something out to you just to break up the mind to get us prepared it's attributed to anonymous and it, the title is when god wants a man when god wants to drill a man and thrill a man and skill a man when god wants to mold a man to play the noblest part when he yearns with all his heart to create so great and bold a man that all the world shall praise watch his methods watch his ways how he ruthlessly perfects whom he royally elects how he hammers him and hurts him, and with mighty blows converts him into frail shapes of clay that only God understands. How his tortured heart is crying, and he lifts beseeching hands. How he bends but never breaks, when his good he undertakes. How he uses whom he chooses, with every purpose fuses him. But every art induces him to try his splendor out. God knows what he's about." The question I have for you today is, what circumstance are you battling? It could be emotional. Maybe you're struggling in a relationship, in a marriage, maybe a depression, maybe something that you've been hoping for hasn't yet happened. Maybe you think your sickness or challenging circumstance will never end, or maybe an addiction that you just don't appear to shift. I'm here to tell you that all things work together for good, not just some things, but all things. Fear is not an outcome, but an outlook. You don't need to have faith for the outcome. 
as God, God's outcomes are different than yours and mine. But an outlook is that I'm not looking at the circumstance or a perceived lack or a perceived hardship as that will take my mind over and cause me to remain stuck. But if my outlook has changed, so I am now positive because I know it's going to work out for my good, even though I can't see it. But because I know I have a God that is for me, so nothing can stand against me. I need to change my outlook. Very simply, if I look through a window into a beautiful field, my outlook gets lifted. It becomes expansive. The potential increases because I see beauty. I see the horizon and beyond. But when I look at the ledge of my window, it's the same window, but my outlook has gone from being expansive and and broad panoramic to be very focused on a ledge. So my outcome becomes blurred. Very many times our outcomes are determined by our outlooks. And I'm here really to tell you that wherever you are in the world, we, we suffer from emotional, financial, and health. There is nobody who is exempt. It's our human condition. It's the universal condition of mankind. And if you look at yourself as a piece of gold that's bedded in a rock, when we're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away through trials, through times, eventually it'll be perfected and the gold will show. So change the way you see yourself in your circumstance. Lift yourself up and I guarantee you this will change your perception, change your potential and change your outlook and, and your outcome. So really, how's your outlook today? That's what I'm asking you as a friend. How is your outlook? You may have been on the show 100 times or one time. There may be one person listening or 10,000. It doesn't really matter. There's a divine purpose for you to be here. We are not wasting our time because we have chosen. I drove to a studio to do this, and it's not merely words I'm implanting in you. You know, I love you. I have this purpose to help you, and I'm here for change. And I'm believing that you also would want change. But Let's get on with the title now. I'm really excited for the show. It's called Functional Dysfunction. And I'll repeat that again. Functional Dysfunction. The key element for all our lives is relationships. Whether it's a marriage, it could be parent, child, it could be work colleagues, or just general everyday life. Whether it's an ordering a coffee at the store, booking airline tickets, communicating with your spouse, with colleagues at work, or merely with other drivers on the roads, we are all relational. With the quality of communication we use being so important to our everyday lives, we put so little focus on getting better at the tool we need, which is words and communication that we use. So it's the most fundamental component to effective communication are the syllables and letters that become words and sentences. As they create a meaning, then it's this meaning that's perceived by the listener. The challenge is that what we say and what is then perceived by the listener can often be very different than our intention. This creates the discrepancy between what is said and what is heard, and this sets off the road to dysfunction. There is a method, and the reason why I call it functional dysfunction, there is a function to become dysfunctional. We're born out of the womb in a spirit with no previous experience, but the function of living around our environment, particularly our childhood in the first four years and what we're exposed to, determines sometimes our dysfunction. And I'll explain this later in the show, how our exposure in the first four years, if we've been exposed to depression in families or anger or lack of support, how this can put us in a whole road of dysfunction to be repeated as a cyclical pattern and cycle, which will become from our emotional mind, which is automotive. The limbic mind, which I call it, is automotive. In other words, it reacts without logic 
into circumstances that create triggers which forms its dysfunction. The way that you say something is often more important than what you say. You can say something one way that will set someone up on a road that will bring dysfunction or one that will build a functional whole life. For example, a parent may say to a child, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there and you need to push your way to the top. Or they could very simply say, God gave you an individual and unique ability for your life. And it's by applying persevering diligence, which means consistent application, that will bring the best out of you. To give you the best for your life. There are thousands of examples that I could list, but you get the idea. We could go through many, but you get the idea of what we're planting. It's not the way you say it, but how you say it that makes the difference. So very simply, the way we present something is referred to as a frame. And Hebrews 11 tells us, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things that were visible. So his word was the structure for all things to be built upon, and then became visible through us through the world he created. So the world was created through the invisible word. For example... A foundation and structure need to be set in place before a building like the Empire State could become visible. So the plans are drawn up first and from this frame and a structure is set up to shape the way the building will exist. So there's a setup. There's a setup in a framework that will determine how the building is set up to look. So communication also needs to be set in a framework. This frame is the way that a person interprets or reacts to the way something and how it's presented. Example, a loss or a gain. People tend to avoid risk when a positive frame is presented, but seek risks when a negative frame is presented. People are programmed to look for outcomes, the source of many of our stresses and struggles in relationships. If we were not so focused on outcomes, we would not say things with an agenda and we'd speak much freer, we'd be much freer to communicate. So most often in human communication, we're looking for a reaction or an outcome when we say something. This is part of our makeup. The challenge becomes when we don't get the reaction or the outcome we're looking for or expecting. So when we're communicating from a higher self, when we're not attached to the I or the ego, because this is what causes looking for outcomes, we can then be free and liberated. And we are then able to communicate on a deeper level. So let me give you an example um, that many will relate to as follows. This is a conversation between two people. I will not say anything because I don't want to upset you. I don't want to say anything because I feel uncomfortable as I might be judged. I don't have much to say. These are all ways that inhibit human relationships, but you'll be amazed that it applies to the vast majority of people and their daily relations. How many of us are stuck with these things? And I'll repeat them again. I don't want to say anything because I feel uncomfortable as I might be judged. I don't want to say anything because I feel I might upset him or her. I don't have much to say. So a lot of these things shut us down because our ego is involved and we are concerned about an outcome. And being transparent and being free and liberated to talk is is really essential to healthy communication. So I'm going to cover relationship between couples, family interactions in this episode and give you what God has placed on my heart to help you move to a new dimension, whether it's in your marriage or any relational matters. It could be in in business. It could be with your children. It could be in all of this thing. 
God created us to be relational. He created us for relationship. And our relationship with God, which came first, man's need for what came first, the relationship we need with God or God's relationship for us. So God's desire for relationship with man, which one became first? And I'll give you a quote from John, a verse from John. We love him because he first loved us, explains the Apostle John in 1 John 4. We love him because he first loved us. So John also tells us in this love, not, what we, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent us his son for an atoning sacrifice. So very simply, very clearly, it was God's desire and plan to establish a framework and relationship between human beings and himself. So it was God. That is the answer to, to the question that I fielded. So we are born, in essence, to be relational. This is part of our DNA, part of our makeup. He designed human beings to reflect his very character, to be like him. In the day that created, uh, God created man, he made him in his likeness of God in Genesis 5.1. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him. Male and female created them in Genesis. So there is a line of that. It's, it's created in his likeness to be in relational. So let me begin this also, the process to begin breaking down this function. You may be saying, what is the process? How did all this, this start? I gave you a, a glimpse at the beginning of this segment, but how did it all start? So how do we break it down to begin to remove it? Very firstly, spirituality and therapy need to combine. Spirituality is your essence. It's your source, which is God. So you're made in a spirit having a human moment here. So spirituality therapy and awareness of communication styles, because words are communication. We need to be aware of those styles. Therapy goes back to help you as to how things have been molded and formed through our exposure, and spirituality connects you to source. That's really the way those things intrinsically work together, and they form a bond that each of them can exponentially build on the other. So the issue with most therapy is that it offers a a hold-hand approach to dealing with people with the intention of making them feel better in this very moment. You and I know this can only offer a temporal fix, as once the high from a session is over, the person goes back to their conformed way of living. There's a certain high when they've seen the therapist, and by the time they get in their car, normally the euphoria is gone. It's like being on a treadmill. We get high from the serotonin hormone, but when we go back home, we're back eating cheeseburgers and fries again. This is why people can often see therapists for eight years and get little, if any, healing. I know of people like that. Most of people's issues have come from their dysfunctional childhoods. And in order to go forward, we must first look back because any real solution in the present can only come from a solution of the past. It would be like having a torn dress and then putting on a new one over the old. On the outside, you know, things would look good. However, on the inside, things would look rather different. And this really can set set us up on a whole path with meeting with your dysfunctional life. There is a process to align with this, and that is that you think you're okay. But if you really would stop and think for a while, this is obviously far from reality. Many of us are stopping thinking it's okay. We visit ourselves. Oh, yeah, we're going to go forward. We're going to go forward. But really, in quiet moments, it's like a shadow that follows us. It always haunts us. So many of us find a coping mechanism to numb the pain. This can be keeping busy, working excessive hours, 
So we don't have time to even think about our lives. We're spinning around with our 60,000 thoughts or even talking ourselves into being okay by resigning to, you know, this is how it is. This is how it is. This is how my life is. And we resign to that and that becomes our norm. But life can be so much greater as God has won the battle for you. And all you need to do is line yourself up to claim the victory. You can be a victor and not a victim of your circumstances. We're going to take a break. And when I get back after the break, we'll look at the different facets. We'll look at spirituality. We'll look at therapy. We'll look at communication styles so we can be more aware of how we communicate, how this will help marriages, how this will help families. And we'll also look a little bit more about how dysfunction was formed. Where is the start of this dysfunction? Have a great break, and I look forward to speaking to you in the second segment. Thank you very much for making this a part of your day. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Welcome back after the break. It is Nicholas Barrett. I don't take this lightly. It's a blessing that you've chosen to spend your valuable time on this show. We, we all could be doing hundreds of things, but it's stewardship because God's put this in my heart and I'm speaking to thousands of people. So it is a responsibility that I don't take lightly. I spend many, many hours preparing these shows, many hours of prayer to give a message that can create the most effect but effective things, really sowing seeds that have been put on my heart to help, to help people in the condition of humanity. We can all relate to this. Whether we're believers or not believers, we all have the same experiences. We all have circumstances. And I am believing those circumstances are to work you to become your masterpiece. The best is yet to come. 
whether you're a believer or not, maybe at the end of these shows you'll become a believer because you'll be uplifted and infused. I'm not trying to twist anyone's arm. I'm just trying to help you in your human condition. So we're talking about functional dysfunction. There's a system and a method how this forms. And in the second segment, we can look at the different facets to getting out of it, how spirituality and therapy and awareness coexist. Very often, those are not combined. And of course, it's about having all the car parts working. If we take a fuel injector out and put another pin in, it may not be operating to the optimum. We need everything. everything you know, even if a propeller falls, a propeller falls off a large off a, a, you know, ocean liner, we need all of those moving pieces to have the best r- response. So the same thing with us as human beings. So let's take a look at these facets together. We've got spirituality. This will raise your awareness to connect to oneness with God. This will bring you emotional and physical wellness. It's out of this connection to something bigger than us, bigger than you or I, that brings with it the answers and solutions to most of our human problems. It gives healing, life meaning, full potentiality, and transcending joy. In other words, whatever is going on the outside, I have gone above that. I'm transcending. As such, it's the universal human experience, something that touches us all. We look at the other facet of therapy. This will help create more awareness in you in your area of dysfunction and, most importantly, its source. Therapy helps to identify past hurts caused by another person. This is the source of all our relational problems. It's always been done in the past through a person. Then being able to process them in a way that you can empower yourself by releasing them from responsibility and freeing yourself from their dominion over your heart and emotions. It's a two-for-one deal. You empower yourself and you free them in one single action. So stop taking offense and let go. It wasn't personal as they simply manifest their internal broken state on you. I could have been there, but it was you. Life is like a pressure cooker. Whatever goes in must surely come out and they just vented their exposure from their past onto you because they've had a brokenness and they've put that on you. So the moment we realize that, well, I'm Jane, but I could have been Tom, Dick and Harry. It takes away a lot of the blame game, a lot of the resentment and anger, because if we can really be in forgiveness, that's at a higher state of awareness. We can then be free to not only let them affect us anymore, because if we let their words make us feel a certain way. We've given them authority, but we've also tied them into that. So it's a two-for-one package. And then spirituality. This is the essence of how we were born. So spirituality and therapy work exponentially as it's in connecting to God that you transform your heart. And in that healing can only be like a microwave from the inside out. It, It has to happen from the inside out, just like a microwave cooks. So when my heart is right, I can then begin to stop reacting, but instead my higher self takes over and I can operate with the gifts of the spirit, which are patience, compassion, forgiveness, and love. This not only changes you, but your friends and family and all who you encounter. It's like putting a torchlight in a dark room as the world is full of darkness. It's full of people who are angry, people who are cynical, people who are revengeful, people who are bitter at things or circumstances, or people they hold accountable for how they feel or how their life's turned out. So when you light this torch, you put a light on that. 
let's just look now also, we were talking about how important words. God gave us words which form letters, which form syllables, which form sentences, which form the Bible, which form any kind of learning, whether it's a, a doctoral course, whether it's a driving lesson, comes from the written word. So communication styles are important. The words we use are powerful, so we need to raise our awareness of how to use them so that we can improve all of our relationships. The way words and ideas are presented are then perceived and interpreted by a listener, taking into account their belief system, their value system, and their past experiences. So they use this as their framework to form their decision-making. They put it into a frame which is based upon their beliefs, values, and past life experiences. So out of this frame, they base their decisions. Let's take a look at this further in relationships and partners and how it affects us. Dysfunctional communication occurs when there is a discrepancy between what is said and what is heard by the husband or wife or the partner in the relationship or even a colleague at work. Trying to navigate a conversation involving a variety of thoughts, beliefs, and emotions between two people can create tremendous dysfunction if not done with higher awareness and diligence. You know, there's been a lot of research and work done in the area of different communication styles between the sexes. We've had love and respect, namely men need respect and women need love. We've had five love languages, which are words of affirmation, acts of service, gift giving, quality time, and also affection, which is personal touch. This is a very broad area, and I can only cover the fundamental elements to help you build structure. Men and women require the same things, however, in differing amounts to create the balance. Even though the balance is different, the common denominator is engagement, which is feeling heard, understood, and cared for. It's something that in our cell phone age and our age of communication, you can see a lot of people, they're in restaurants, one person's turned sideways on a text message, another person's on social media. And this message is coming off what I'd planned to say. It's coming from the heart. And this is for somebody. If you're in a situation like that, just pull away and say, is it not convenient for us to, to do dinner at the moment or should we come back at a time that's better? Because quite simply, the whole common denominator to any relationship is engagement. And if we can't feel engaged, if someone isn't engaging, we're not being heard and we can't be understood or cared for. So let's talk more about the start of this dysfunction. What, Nicholas, is the start of this dysfunction? The challenge really in, in, is, is when two become one. Our thoughts oftentimes don't line up. If you take a moment to think about what thoughts you have during the day, the majority of them are likely about yourself, your business, or your life. Once you get home to your partner after a long day, you may both be in this me instead of we mentality. So unlike using I statements when speaking to your spouse about things that upset you to avoid placing blame, use we statements when speaking with your spouse about the relational or relationship as a whole. As we are so molded by culture to think in terms of the me, when communicating often this can create a divide with our partner, with topics relating to future plans, goals, or ideas. Communicating in terms of we and us helps build a mindful, mutual awareness that you and your partner are in this relationship together. You're going somewhere. So nothing builds and nurtures a relationship more than a feeling of we're doing life together. You know, this was the big difference also in my spirituality as most of us are struggling because we know God, but we're not in relationship with him. 
That's why you need to be relational with God in the same way as with your partner, because this creates love, peace, trust, joy, because you're in alignment. You cannot possibly be in alignment unless you're walking on a road together. Very simply, if I put a GPS on a car and I take another road, I'm, I'm getting lost. And a lot of us tend to be like that. We start off really great. We start off great like that with God, too, when we first go to church. And then because we edit things and we get stuck in life in the forest, we can drift off our own way. I counseled a couple, actually a lady. Well, you know, we've been married 17 years, but in that 17 years, I've been walking on a different road, and I, I now feel I'm a complete stranger. And this is the devastation some of us find ourselves in. We've, we've not been aware of it early on. We've been on this hike, and we haven't been looking over our shoulder to see if our partner is with us. And we look around and think, oh, my gosh, there's 10,000 feet drop, but there's no partner because they're on the other side. Mark 10.8 tells us, because of this, a man, a man leaves his father and mother, and in marriage, he becomes one with the woman, no longer two individuals, but forming a new unity, because God created this organic union of the two sexes. No one should desecrate this art by cutting them apart. So very simply, it's, it's two become one, and, and God tells us a union. So a union means all of these things. It means engagement, communication, and going on the hike together. If not, Believe me, a small thing becomes very big. If I put a, a, a bulb and then 100 years later, I've got this huge tree. So never dispel, yeah, I'm only doing a little bit of texting or I'm doing a little bit of Facebook because in the future, you're going to sow seeds of what you're, what you're putting in. You'll only reap what you sow. So be very aware of this. When you set a framework of I and me, you're sowing seeds that maybe after 5, 10, 20 or 30 years that you'll wake up one morning with your partner saying it's over. This actually happened to a friend of mine. He was married at 18. He's quite a bit older than me. He's in his early 50s, this gentleman. But he woke up and his wife one day after 31 years said, I think I'm with a stranger and it's over. It was no surprise because there has been a systematical shutting off of communicating. There's been, I don't want to hear this again. It's been constant. So it's grown just like a sandcastle. It grows and grows and grows. So Never underestimate this. Words are powerful, and the framework you put them in will influence how your partner feels about the relationship as a whole. So when you set up a framework of we or us, this over the years will be a setup to a whole new destination. I've changed my framework. So God gave us words that are powerful. They have the power to bring life or death to any area of your life. So you need to get focused. We need focus on what you are saying as you are shaping the framework that will reveal your life. So Proverbs 18.21 tells us, words kill, words give life, they're like poison or fruit, you choose. So very simply, you can choose the words and choose the life you have by those words. So this is a shout out to all couples, togetherness will likely replace dysfunctional communication with openness, honesty, and more meaningful conversations. Gone will be these things of... You know, let's talk about the weather. I better not say something because I'm uncomfortable. Togetherness will, will generically create openness, honesty, and more meaningful conversation. This is the start to all relationships. And even if you've been married for 10 or 20 years or if you're in a relationship that's struggling, it might be some of these frameworks need resetting. So I suggest if you, even if you're in a good one, check your framework. If you're in a bad one, change your framework. So I spoke to a woman and I'll give you this other case, to a woman who's married with three children, she felt isolated, suicidal, and all alone. 
there are many people who have been married a long time and feel very stranded. They feel very, very much by themselves. This is because they created something visible, which is their unhealthy relationship, by the invisible words they've used that created this framework. So don't wait for a tragedy to change your frame. Don't wait for your father to die, for a tragic crash, somebody to get sick. Do not let you know, locusts eat any more years of your life away. Some of you are not living but existing in a jail made visible by the wrong frame. So you don't need to live this way even a day longer. Say to yourself today, I'm fixing my frame. I'm fixing my frame. Let's look at love and respect. Um, we spoke about the five love languages. I highlighted those things in areas that, that have been talked about. Let's look at love and respect. What really is this and what's this business about a balance that we need? Both of these are fundamentals to both sexes. I mean, I'll put this out there. One doesn't need one and not the other. Some researchers claim one needs one, the other. No, both are fundamental. However, each one of them needs to be a fine ballet to create a balance. There is a difference between men and women. That, that, that some of the demands and some of the things they want because their hormones are different and because of their desires, their setup, their DNA is different. Although much has been written in Christian community, the modern-day culture and the equality theory has brought with it new considerations that require to be addressed. None of this is being addressed. Culture has changed over the years. And again, this is a broad topic, and I'm limited with time in this episode. If you want me to talk about it more, I can come to your church. I can come to your place of business if there's a conference, and I can talk about this more. But Ephesians 5.33 tells us, However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So let, let's bring you back to date. The Bible is, is not old-fashioned because it deals with emotions, finances, and sicknesses and circumstances that are transcending time. So I will put that out there. It's not old-fashioned, but the way it has to be preached needs to change to conform with the change in people's minds so they can fully understand and grasp the word. So Hormones affect the balance. In the present day, we have many women in jobs that are high-powered, making a great deal of money. In many cases, more than men counterparts. This has increased hormone levels, and particularly the testosterone hormone. But this hormone is normally found in higher levels in males, and it brings with it a change of character. More assertive, more forceful. If not aware, a couple can create a state of imbalance in the relational dynamic. Over time, this can create an impact that the whole framework that God created, and I'm not saying that women should give up their jobs, the whole framework God created has been unbalanced. It's been messed up, if you like. But we must return. This is where the word is always uh, always in style, if you like. It's fashion, I would say in, in vogue, in fashion. It's transcending. We must return to the human user manual. This is why when you have a Mercedes, you go back to the user manual. When you're a human being, you go back to the human user manual, which I refer to as the Bible. It's the love for direction and balance. So the balance needs to be created. Society has changed a lot because when the, the Bible was written, what, women were not running corporations or weren't. So there has to be a change over the generations if the hormone levels have changed because of the job they've required to adapt to that job and be more forceful and be more direct to get the job done. But this doesn't change the essence of a marriage. The essence of a marriage still has to be founded in the male and female and creating that dynamic of the ballet imbalance. It's an ongoing, it's like a ice skating duet. If they're out of balance, 
and the man's trying to do the woman's role, the woman's trying to do the man's role, nobody's going to know who's leading who, and the thing will just, will just end. The reason why it looks so beautiful is they all have their place. They're very important, both of them, but they have a framework to work on. This is not the only reason why marriages fail, but as with all things, it's definitely a factor as for each stone thrown into a river, there's always an impact. So about 42 to 45 percent of marriages are ending up in divorce. So it's something that the world is not doing right. If we only had a 2 percent divorce rate, then, you know, maybe this message wouldn't be relevant. There is proof that doing it the world's way doesn't work by the four and four or five out of every 10 are ending up in divorce. We look for worldly solutions while our problems are always spiritual. We're spiritual beings created by God in his likeness. So we need to look back to fix it, our spirituality with spirituality. So really, we've been looking through the lens of society to then put our marriages into the framework we have perceived as being right. This has been totally skewed. The, the original framework that God put in place for success. You know, love works, but when the framework is changed, it doesn't, as these figures simply tell us. So before we look at love and respect, we need to look at framework we're going to take a break right now, and I'm going to come back and talk to you more about framework. And if we have time, we're going to talk about more communication styles and then give you some takeouts to take with you. It's been a pleasure. I love you. Thank you for honoring me with this time. And, and thank you to God for making this possible. And have a great break, and we'll talk to you in a second. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling it's time to speak out take control of your existence and let your life speak bart queen is the host of a hero's journey his personal goal is to help you find your voice use that voice and live the life that you deserve to live do more be more and give more tune into a hero's journey on the voice america empowerment channel live every monday at 9 a.m pacific time 12 noon eastern time you owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Welcome back, 
Welcome back after the break. We're on the third and final segment. And I'll always say this, the final segment's the beginning of the next because it's about putting things into action. We've been looking at communication. We've been looking at dysfunction, how there's a function to get dysfunctional, how it becomes like that through living and our perceptions. And I'm now, we're now focusing on different areas of communication and love and respect. So getting back onto, before we look at love and respect, we need to look at the, the framework, which is as follows. Both parties must love God first, above all things, including themselves. This is essential because if we, can, if we cannot really love him, we cannot love ourselves in the healthiest way possible. As the problem is we see ourselves through our life and off our experience perception. So this translates to a husband must love God first, his wife second, and then himself third. And the wife must love God first, her husband second, and then herself third. Many of us put ourselves first and the partner somewhere along the road and then God, if we're really honest about this, if we're really real. Um, we need to take that shift. Sometimes looking at ourselves in a mirror and actually being brutally honest with ourselves is, is, is the first step to healing and getting to a better life. So... Some experts argue that serving one another is outdated, but putting a partner first, and I believe this will never take away from your relationships, so giving through an overflow of love will always result in a better marriage or relationship. The reason most of us don't have an overflow is we don't have our relationship right with source, as this is the only way to get it right with your spouse, family, work colleagues, the driver that flips you off, etc etc in your everyday life this is for somebody and i feel this really strongly get your heart right first which get your heart right with the maker let's take a look at this how this works husbands i've already told you lay down your power and position just like christ did in order to raise your wife up just the way christ raised the church so what this really means is don't do anything out of your own self-interest put the needs of your partner first, give yourself first and treat her with care as opposed to taking care of your own needs first. This goes in reverse for women as well. There needs to be reciprocity. If both people are serving one another, there's nothing humble about that. It's actually building a team like a basketball team. They pass the ball around because all of them have assets, they have strengths and weaknesses and together by assisting each other, they win a championship. Together by assisting each other, you can have a championship marriage. So the cycle of dysfunction, let's talk more about the cycle. Men and women by nature, they need the same as men. Men need to feel respected, significant and loved. And women need to feel loved, cherished and secure and protected and honored. So there's a slight change. Many couples spend most of their time in a dysfunctional cycle, which you can sum up like this. Without love, she reacts without respect. And without respect, he reacts without love. So this can be a perpetuating cycle that's maintained is men have a propensity to need respect and women more than anything else need to feel loved. So men and women need both, but as explained before, to varying degrees to maintain that balance. And this is really where our challenge begins. It's in the balance. When a man doesn't get the amount of respect that he feels he needs, he acts in a way that feels unloving to the woman. And when she feels she's not getting the love that she needs, she acts in a way that's perceived as disrespectful to him. So one reacts unlovingly which is the man and the woman acts disrespectfully when she is not being given the love that she feels she needs so without a developing a higher awareness of this cycle it can perpetuate for the entire life of the marriage a wife said to me well it's been the same he's been the same for 20 years miserably unhappy but you've got to change it 
This is why having God as the benchmark in your life can be the key to, and I know it is for me, to sustaining healthy relationships. You're looking to something greater than yourself for the answer. The answer is never in us. It's always looking, looking at something greater. It's even when we're studying for a, a, a final, could be a doctorate, whatever we're doing, the answer is not within us. It's something that we're learning from, something bigger than us. The couple may love one another, but they're reacting to a need that they feel is not being um, is being unmet. So yeah, they may love each other in the cycle, but they don't know how to get out. It's like a spider's web. One Corinthians tells us, it tells us two people marry, they will face many troubles in this life. It, there is going to be trial and tribulation. This is why when God says love one another as you love yourself, what this really means is when we act in love, we make a choice not to react. It's a, sometimes a choice. It is when one party in the relationship makes a conscious choice not to react during conflict that one, we neither feel disrespected and the other one will neither feel unloved because you break the cycle by not reacting. Remember, it's not the spirit that, that we react in, but in a state of our lower consciousness. This is why in the higher conscious state, we always get the best outcomes. When you transcend all things that you've been societally conditioned to identify yourself in, through your circumstances, then your perception in them, you become one with being, which sees itself as one with all creation in the line of eternity. So your pure presence comes, which is pure love and pure joy. Perceptions are many, but awareness is only one. And I'll repeat this. Perceptions are many, but awareness is only one. So, for example, to, to go on a little bit about interactions, for, when it, for example, when a wife says, I'd like to talk, and the husband replies, well, what's the problem this time? The wife reacts negatively as she's feeling unloved and unheard. The husband often has no idea she feels this way, and because she reacts negatively, he also feels disrespected. Another example is when a husband tells his wife, chicken again for dinner, she reacts negatively because she feels unloved. He has no idea that she feels unloved, and then he feels disrespected by her negative reaction. I don't have the time to go into more detail, but if you need more, we can, we can definitely contact me via email or via the show. It's really time. It's time to apply God's truth. It takes work, but it works. It may not be fair, but God's truth is revealed to people in unfair situations. A respectful, loving demeanor prevents a wife or husband from repeatedly feeding the dysfunctional cycle. Let's take a look at family a, a little bit more. I'm going to touch a little bit more on how this works in a family. A family can often develop a system or a function that maintains its dysfunction. It becomes their way of living. A father, for example, that's had a childhood with a father that was harsh and abusive may end up being controlling with his sons to try and assume the control that he perceived he'd lost in his childhood. When his sons don't listen to his demands, he pushes more and more with his sons growing even physical, as they also have been exposed to an environment that they have felt the need to assume control. What maintains this cycle is that because the father has been exposed to an abusive father while growing up, he can only attempt to resolve conflict resolution in a reactive way, which further perpetuates a cyclical toxic dynamic between him and his sons and his family. Like any cycle, the only way that it can be broken permanently is to go back in order to go forward, as resolution of the past is our only solution to the present. So to heal, one must always go back to the source, as it's the key to be aware, and it's what your life today has started out by being, by previous exposure and conditioning. 
So in this scenario, for the father really to be healed, he has to be helped to gain an awareness that his family is the way it is today because of a cycle that has to some degree been mirrored into his sons from his distant past. So really to move forward, there needs to be a process of raising awareness, then acceptance, and then forgiveness towards his father, which is the source of his pain, and then becomes his struggles with his current family. So it takes persevering effort, but sweeping things under the rug like many of us do, pretending it's okay, moving forward with a smile, will never result in us being able to move forward and be a functional unit. Will we just be really pretending to do it? And this is how generational curses are formed. Unless we can break it, we're never going to be able to shake it. We need to break it to shake it. And I'm going to give you a few more examples. Um, A mother gave her son two dress shirts to wear for an upcoming family occasion. She then got angry at him when he showed up to the party wearing one of them because she wanted him to wear the other one. Years later, that same son had grown up and married. He presented his wife with two outfits for their anniversary dinner. He then got angry with her for wearing the wrong outfit of the two. A few years later, that couple had a daughter. His wife accused the daughter of hugging the wrong parent first, even if the little girl switched whom she hugged each time. So this is a cycle that's been developed through having a toxic, controlling parent. It's like a tattoo, like a transfer. Transfers onto our heart. So it's continuous exposure of a controlling toxic environment, which then trigger this behavior inside of us. So it's an external stimuli, which they weren't conforming or wearing what you wanted. And that's the external thing. The trigger is the emotional limbic thing that has come from pain in the past. It's stored residual limbic pain, which is the emotive reactionary mind, the the mind of the automatic mind, I call it. It's always automatic because we're in this reaction, which is like a spinning bowl. Boom. One person does this, we react. The other person, so we're bouncing off each other like a ping pong bowl on a table. This is why spirituality, which is the love of God, which will make us function differently. It'll give us patience, perseverance, empathy, understanding, all of these things. Therapy will take us back to how these things were formed And then our awareness of words and communication styles, all these three things working exponentially. We need them all, just like the ocean liner without the propeller will not move, even though it's a $500 million ocean liner. All of these things are essential, but many of us don't do it because we think the therapist is the answer. We think even spirituality is the answer, but many people are saved but not whole. So it is the answer, but a sermon on a Sunday is not going to change you. It's developing these characteristics of God, which are love, which, yes, will change you, but also going back to how life has formed you in this function. That will also change you. And communication styles, if words were not powerful, the Bible wouldn't have said they cut through bone and marrow piercing. They're powerful like a double-edged sword. So words are the most powerful thing. I can hit someone and the bruise goes away, but if I abuse someone in childhood, that can remain. Those words, that you, you'll never amount to anything. You're fat, you're ugly, I wish I never had you. They're very real for some people. I've had friends that have, that, that have tried to reunite with their father, and he angrily says, I want nothing to do with you. The, these are words, so we must really be very conscious about these things. We'll look at some takeouts now. I'm trying to get all this in for you guys. Takeouts. Many of us in our human frailty often lie to ourselves. We try to convince the world that we're something we're not. We're afraid that the world would mock us if we came out from under our mask. We spend so much time preserving 
the way we're living, preserving our ego, preserving our dysfunction, that it leaves little honest time for our dialogue. Very few of us would rather sit uncomfortable in the mud like a pig rather than really improve our marriages. We have to come out into the open and not be afraid of what the other person will think. Sometimes it involves pain to resolve something because we've got to go back to a past that's hurtful. But let me tell you this. Um, short-term pain is long-term gain, but no gain at all is long-term pain. So, and isn't one, you know, we can agree, honest dialogue and transparency, if we really start from there, honest dialogue and transparency, then maybe everything else would fall into place. And I think it would. We'd become transparent. We'd air our grievances in a way that we wouldn't be judged because the other person would be in spirit and they would be, un- they would be loving. They'd have all those characteristics. And I'll give you some points. I mean, the first point is don't react. Points don't react, but practice stop. Stop, think, observe, and proceed. So when you have 10 or 20 seconds gap, you can actually slow your mind down and then respond instead of constantly reacting. Number two, you know, work on your relationship with God as you'll find something amazing happens when you function not from reaction, but from love. It can transform you I know from my own journey, love is like the wind. It travels. You know, it can heal you and the world around you and families and people that you've been battling with. It, it's one of your most powerful tools for change. Believe me, work on your in, inner self, just like the microwave from the inside out. Don't look to others for, for change, but be the change you need to see yourself. Work on your self-worth so you're not so bounced around by the people's behavior and reactions. Don't look for outcomes because you'll always be set uh, you're disappointed because we can never control outcomes. Just look at outlooks. Put your outlook in something positive. Yes, things are going to change. My health will change. My circumstances will change. My family will change. Do not look at the window ledge of circumstance, but look at the panoramic view of outlook. This is the best way to stop a cycle. You need to be the, the change you want to see yourself. So break those cycles. Again, it's been great talking to you. You can contact me via Voice America on the Empowerment Channel. You can re-listen to all of the podcasts on iTunes. Just go to New Dimensions, Google iTunes on your app, New Dimensions, Reverend Nicholas Barrett. You can contact me via email, mbarrett28 at yahoo.com. As with all these podcasts, they could have been five hours. You're probably saying, well, this was enough. But really, I had to only give you a brief view of these things. I love you. Have a great week. I hope we've planted seeds that will bring the gold in you. The gold is there. Thank you so much um, for choosing this time. Thank you for God for making it happen. Have a blessed week and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 